Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chicks No Ship podcast. Today, we are talking about a topic that is really near and dear to my own heart, and that is the power of having a vision for your life. And my guest today is Barbara Pellegrino, who is a renowned vision board success trainer. She's a certified NLP facilitator and trainer. She's a transformational life coach, and she's a published author. And she has her own story of how, you know, having a vision for her life has literally created, she's been living her dream life since 1994 that has come about from having a vision. So Barbara, I'm so excited to jump into this with you. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so excited to be here with you. And I can't wait to have our conversation today and have your listeners learn something maybe new and different or just to remind them of their own personal path. Yeah. And I think this is a really important conversation to have because I, like most people, lived most of my life kind of doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I just kind of was going through the day-to-day motions of my life, not really thinking about what I wanted. And it was only after you know I was forced to reinvent my life did I actually stop to physically think about what it is that I wanted to create a vision of what I wanted my life to look like. And that vision has literally been what's guided me forward in pretty much every, <laughs> everything that I've done. Like this vision is, is that the touchstone or the anchor point of everything I do. So I think, you know, when we are in a place where we're stuck and we're not sure what we want, like creating a vision of our lives is so critically important. And it's not something that we're ever taught. Absolutely. And not only that, we're taught not to daydream and not to have dreams. And we're told what to do as little girls. This is what you have to do. This is who you have to look after. This is what you're going to do. You're going to grow up and do this, 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 and this. You know, in in our era, maybe it's different era now you know, and people have much more freedom of choice, but we, we were sort of like stereotyped back in our youth. So the vision is so important. In the Bible, it says without vision, people perish. So having a vision is just so important to us and to live our own lives. Joseph Campbell said, you need to have a vision for your own life because other people have got a lot of plans for you. Yeah. And that is so true. And I think that's the point, right? Is when we don't have a vision, we live other people's visions. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know Earl, Earl Nightingale has said, if you have a vision, it's like a boat and you've got a destination, you've got somewhere to go to. But if you've got a boat in a harbor and it doesn't go anywhere, it starts to rot. It, the boat's meant to yeah. journey, but also it's meant to journey somewhere. Otherwise, the wind and the seas and just bounce it around which is what we just said, that other people will start to need and want you and ask you to do stuff. So unless you have your own vision, your own North Star, you know, your life, you know, it's going to be a lot less fun than what it will be when you have a vision. Yeah. And I always say, you know, it's never too late to create a vision. It's never too late to change your vision. It's like, to me, it's a living and breathing thing. Like I'm constantly... I mean, when I started out, my vision was tiny, right? Like I said, I wanted to be passionate about what I was doing. It was literally that. That was all I knew. And then from there, it's kind of expanded and molded itself. 
but it's never too late to start this. So to anyone listening, like if you are feeling stuck and you're like, I have no vision for my life, I'm just, you know, on autopilot doing the things, you can start today. And we're going to talk about a whole pile of things <laughs> that Barbara's going to help us with in terms of creating that vision. But before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit about how having a vision has shaped your own life? Because I've heard you talk about, you know, living your dream life. And maybe you can share a little bit about how you got into this work and why visioning is so important to you. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Oh, it started a long time ago, 30 years ago. I was in the rag trade in Australia. So I was in the fashion industry. And I'd gotten to a stage in life where like, I had wanted to be in the fashion industry. Most important thing to me as a kid, and growing up my teenage years, I wanted to travel on business. I just loved traveling. And I wanted to travel on business. And I wanted to be this big time executive. And it sort of happened when I was 22, I started traveling on business. And then like so many people, like I achieve a goal, and then it's like, okay, now what? And now where do I go? And sort of like mm. afterwards, I didn't know what the next step was. So I was always searching for something more. And then one day my mother called me at work and she said, I went to this amazing talk last night and it's a four-week course on the mind and the power of the mind and uh, I'm doing it. It's really good and you should come with me. And I said, no, no, I'm not into that stuff. I'm not into the big American rah-rah stuff. You know, <laughs> back then it was like really in your face. It wasn't subtle back then. Right. But now there's just so much going on and there's so many different versions. You know, there's the, as you know, the Carl Harvey, the art of Wu Wei and, you know, doing it with the least effort and the most ease. And then there's a Tony Robbins like massive action, take your action. So my mum said, well, I love this course and I think you should do it. And I said, no way, I'm not doing it. She goes, well, I paid for you too bad. Goodbye. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> Clunk goes home. It's like, what? How could she do that to me? I was like, I don't want to do this. And then I thought, you know, she had been widowed and remarried and I hardly saw her. I was busy in my career and she was like busy in her marriage. And I thought, if nothing else, I can have dinner with her once a week. Then I'll go to this dumb lecture with her. Right. And I was just, I missed week one. Week two, I was mesmerized by the power of the mind and how you can have what you want. Because I was already, as you know, floundering. I was in my late 20s already and floundering. I'd already gone overseas on business in my 20, early 20s. It's like, now what? You know, like, what's the next level? And at that time, there were glass ceilings. Women weren't really invited to rise. So through the learning of the mind powers, actually a Canadian guy, John Kehoe, the power mm. of the mind, I learned how to make a goal create, you know, have an intention, create a goal and start to visualize, start to affirm, start to understand the negative in my mind and how to fix that, how to stop that. The biggest change for me was when I read Shakti Gawain's Creative Visualization and I made myself a treasure map. That's when everything changed because mm. not only did I have in my imagination what I thought was my vision, I had a concrete real picture of what it is I wanted in my life. And that was the pivotal moment for me because my subconscious mind really took that. And then synchronicities and coincidences and, and ideas and thoughts just popped into my mind. And it was almost like in some instances, and I still say this today, I was carried on angels' wings. Wow. You know, like my intuition guided me to do things that logically didn't make sense, but it got me to arrive at the destination I wanted, what my intention was and what the picture was on the board. Interesting, so, huh? Well, that's so, how it started for me. <laughs> so what is a treasure map? The treasure map was the precursor to the vision board. So they're treasure maps, vision boards, dream boards, 
What it is, back then we didn't have the digital capabilities we have today, is basically getting a piece of cardboard or a piece of paper or a scrapbook or a corkboard or a magnetic board or a fridge or a mirror and putting up there a picture of what you want, the end result. You know, we do it with vacations, you know, now that we're allowed to travel again. Like people get a picture of the Eiffel Tower. They get a picture of the New York State Building. You know, they do, they get pictures of where they want to go, the Italian countryside. And that's where they start. Then they plan the airfares, then they plan this, that, that. And family dinners, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year, whenever people have big family dinners, they have pictures in recipe books. We're looking through the picture of the end result. We're not looking for the picture of the eggs and the turkey uncooked and, you know, the vegetables. We're looking for the picture of the end result. And that's basically what a vision board is. Now, there's a lot more to it. But the first thing is to get a picture or even a little stick figure drawing of what it is you really want the end result to be. So treasure map because they're treasures, vision board because it's a vision, dream board because they're dreams. Basically, it's getting an image in front of you so your conscious mind, your subconscious mind can see where it is you want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I have never created, I think I mentioned this to you before, I have never physically created a vision board, like put all the pictures together in one place. But what I have done, and, and this was a bit unconsciously, was like one of the things that I have always seen myself doing is talking on stages to groups of women, which is now my reality. But for the longest time, I had a picture of me with a microphone in my hand that I was stuck on my bathroom mirror (laughs) that every single solitary morning when I woke up and every single solitary night before I went to bed, I would see that picture and it would remind me of this dream or this goal. And I've done that in various, like I have sticky notes all over the place. I mean, having this conversation with you has made me want to formalize it, like maybe put them together. But that visualization, even though I'm not even consciously thinking about it, right, it's kind of seeping in there. And so this thing that was like a dream for, you know, five years ago was a dream is now my reality. I do this all the time. I'm talking to groups of women on stages. And now my, you know, now I'm seeing bigger stages and things like that. But what is the science or the, like the neuroscience behind why seeing that visual is so important for the brain and for the mind? I love that you asked this. Thank you. And I also love what we shared when we were chatting about, you know, the podcast today, that you had vignettes that you couldn't even visualize, that you had like a 30 second flash in the mind of how you wanted your life to be. Mm -hmm. So two points here. One, having a picture, even if it's on the fridge or a bathroom mirror, that you actually enjoy looking at. And that's where the self-calibration comes in. We can talk about that later because that's the, Mm -hmm. um, or the art and science there's an art and science to vision boards and manifesting vision okay, boards. Okay, cool. So number one, a picture that you enjoy looking at or that you love. Right. Therefore, it'll go straight to the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind will take care of it. Repetition. Every morning and every night you saw it. So whether you were consciously focusing on it, going, gee, I'd really love that to happen, or just you have a feeling, get a good feeling of what looking at it, that helped the subconscious mind. Again, it's like your internal GPS, start getting you in the right place at the right time, saying the right things, synchronicities, meeting the right people. You know, the subconscious mind is doing so many calculations every second of our lifetimes. And we don't even know consciously how it's going to happen. All we have to do now is have faith and trust that as long as you love the image and as long as you see it often, it's going to start to work with your neurology. So the neuroscience about this psychological principle, basic one is what we focus on expands. And what happens in our neurological network, 
what happens is what we see here, taste, smell, and touch goes into our, what's called the central nervous system. Okay. Now, the amazing thing about our, our brains and our nervous system, the subconscious mind doesn't know whether it's a real or imaginary event. Well, and that's like, yeah, sure, we accept that. But I, I married a chiropractor. The man of my dreams stepped straight off my vision board right into my life 20, no, 28 years ago. And it just got better and better. And there were some rough spots too, but oh, it basically course. it got better and better. And so I asked him, come on, you know about the nervous system. What's going on? So what happens? It all goes into the central nervous system. So whether I'm actually got my eyes open and the input through my eyes to my brain and the messages going down to my the central nervous system, making me feel happy and making my subconscious mind go, okay, this is what they want. This is where I'm going to start to direct them because that's our autopilot. I hope this is making sense. Mm -hmm. Whether our eyes are closed, open or closed, the input's the same place. That's the most amazing thing because I can imagine it. I can imagine the sounds. I can imagine the feelings and it's going to the same place. My subconscious mind's getting the message. So that's where the power of imagination having an image that you want to occur in your life and not leaving it to chance, actually having the image, whether it's on your mirror or on a formalized vision board as you, mm -hmm. as you shared just earlier, and that starts to create neural networks in our brains. Mm. What Joe Dispenza quotes another person who's done all the studies is the neurons, our nervous system fires. So the neurons that fire together, wire together. So we get these grooves in our brains which start to form, and then that becomes like a belief system. First, the vision becomes possible. It becomes a possibility in our mind, and the more we repeat it, the subconscious gets it more. The neural networks start to form, and then it becomes like autopilot. Our basic belief system, our neurology, our subconscious mind are all got that in their GPS. The numbers are keyed in, and off you go. And that's why it's like have faith. It's like, let go, right. let God, they often say. And they often say when you're doing your visualizations, then release it. Be detached yeah. and just allow to what comes in. But definitely do the vision regularly. Yeah. This is, it's making sense because I've, I've tied yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can just summarize what I think I heard and correct me where I'm wrong. So I had this picture on my mirror. I would look. It made me happy. It was something that I wanted to do. So I'm seeing this thing morning and night, morning and night, and it was there for probably like for months, maybe even as long as a year. I don't, I can't even remember. Actually, I got to put up another picture back up. <laughs> so I'm seeing this thing morning and night, morning and night, but I'm not like, I never had a conscious thought that said, oh, I have to do this, this, and this to get that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't that. I would just see this thing. And so the idea is that in seeing this thing that brought me pleasure and the repetitiveness of it, it actually started to formulate neuropathways that made me believe that I was a speaker, that I was capable of it because I had seen myself speaking so many times. Correct. Okay. Okay. And so, wow, like I have heard this repeated in a number of different stats, but basically all leading to the same thing that our subconscious is controlling 95% or more Absolutely. Uh, of how we show up in the world. And so it's kind of a bit scary and also a bit freeing <laughs> to know that we have this powerful engine that we're not, most of us are not even aware of. Absolutely. Have you ever, let me ask you a question. Have you ever driven somewhere and gotten completely distracted and like, I don't know about you, but I've put my makeup on in the car. <laughs> Stop lying. 
And then I've had arguments with people or I've had loving conversations with people and I'm driving along and all of a sudden I arrive at my destination and I have no conscious recollection of how I got there. Yeah. Oh, scary. That's the subconscious. <laughs> but we got there right. safe. So that's the subconscious and autopilot. But when you're learning to drive, you're not capable of doing that. When you're learning to drive, you have to be fully conscious, fully aware. Mm -hmm. I have to turn the car on. I have to put it in gear or automatic or drive or whatever. I have to be able to put the indicators on and put the accelerator on. So it's very conscious that you're going to do this. But as you repeat it over and over and over again, it's delegated to the subconscious because the brain's pretty lazy. It wants to make habits out of everything. Mm -hmm. So that's on our side. And then the subconscious makes it on autopilot and then we don't have to worry about it. So we did get there just like you and your vision and the microphone because you enjoyed it, you saw it over and over again, went into the subconscious and boom, the pathway was somehow laid out in front of you. But yeah, the other thing, it literally felt effortless. Thank like, goodness. Yeah, thing that like opportunities just started presenting themselves to me, right? Absolutely. And you could have done it the logical standard way as well. You could have said, that's what I want to do. So today I'm going to spend five minutes learning how to speak. I'm going to spend 10 minutes looking for people who want me as a speaker. So there's two ways you can do this. You can take action, massive action, and left brain logical out in the world doing stuff and or effortless just by enjoying it and allowing the breadcrumbs to take you there, like your subconscious mind. So having a bit of both would also be yeah. helpful. Yeah. And I would say I probably did both because, you know, I did, you know, take courses and, you know, hired a coach, learned how to speak better, you know, formulated, um, you know, what's my keynote talk, like all of those types of things. But I was, I think while I was doing that, obviously in the back of my mind, like the possibility that I was a speaker and the belief that I was a speaker, like I think those two things together. Yes, really kind of were, were the power behind it. You know, we talk about manifesting a lot, right? And, you know, I think manifesting means different things to different people. But, you know, in the context of this, like embedding that vision or that desire into your subconscious, like for me, that feels like the true manifestation and letting go of it, like you said, like, I think that's a really, really important part of it. So, Thank you for sharing that. So true manifestation versus false manifestation. What is the alternative? Because to I me, mean, that makes total sense. Well, no. So I mean, manifesting as in I want this thing, therefore I'm going to take steps one, two, three, four. I'm going to, you know, work really hard, put all the effort into it, right? And I may or may not believe that I can do it. Right. I get you. Thank you. That's the glitch. Right. That's the glitch with the vision board. That's the glitch with goals. That's the glitch with news resolutions. Right. That's, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's where we need to be very cognizant and very aware of what's happening in our minds, our conscious mind, our best friend or our worst enemy, the inner critic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because the belief systems that we've grown up with, there's an undertone. Even when you say affirmations, when you look at your vision board, you know, that's why I teach this in such depth and such detail because so many people, I oh, just put a vision board up, just make a vision board and it'll all come true. For some, yes. For others, no. Because you could have had, not you haven't. Okay. In my case, before I had a vision board, I had a goal. I want to be happily married to the man of my dreams. I want a life. Of, but my unconscious belief system, my mother was widowed when she was 39. Who's going to marry me? I'm going to blah, 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 all that negative stuff. So every time I looked at or tried to imagine or visualize what I wanted, the negative came in like, like wipe out. 
but I didn't know that's what was happening because our mm -hmm. thinking is so normal and natural to us, we're unconscious. So thank you so much for bringing that up because we really need to be fully aware that when you're looking at that picture, your head, your thinking, your heart, where you have courage and your gut, where you're actually taking the action, are all aligned. You've got to be congruent. Every cell of your body needs and should be in love with that image. And mm -hmm. that's where people need to learn how to work with the vision board because it, right. it, it can work against people. You know, I've always said I teach people how to make a vision board that works for them, not against them. They're going, what? What do you mean? And like so the young ones, so many young ones go, oh, I just put pictures on the board and I got the boyfriend and I got that. And, and of course, but those of us who have journeyed a bit further in life and we've had goals and dreams that we may have just dropped on the side of the road because life got in the way of having a good time. And then we might have developed some belief systems or some yeah. life experience, which has told us we can't have what we want. Yeah. Then there's a little bit of work that we need to do. Not so much work, but just awareness. Right. Like you were sharing that if there is the negative coming up, how do we handle it? What do we do? How do I stay in love with that picture so that my subconscious mind gets that's what I want and not the negative inner critic? So how do we know? So like you said, you know, most people approach the vision boarding from I'm going to get all the pretty pictures and stick them on a piece of paper and there we go. How do we know if our vision board is working against us? <laughs> Get a life coach. Or that we're working against our vision board, I guess it should be, right? How do we know that it's not working for? Because if we're not aware of our subconscious, right? And, you know, what's playing back there and we have this vision in front of us, like what's the disconnect? Like how do we overcome that disconnect part? Thank you so much for asking. So this is like a five-week course that I teach people. You mm -hmm. know, this is like, and to distill yeah. it down to one answer, ask yourself, is this life-giving or life-taking? Like be really clear with yourself. Is this picture or this whole vision board, am I being drawn into it? Am I recoiling? Is, am I getting a pain in my chest, a pain in my throat, or some sort of negative chatter? You have to become very aware and self-calibrate mm. if possible or just write down the exercise, you know, like how do I really feel about my vision board and just meditate and contemplate. So if every cell of your body is drawn into it, I look at it and I love it, just automatically, it's going to work. If you look at it and there's like, uh, you know, just a feeling in your body or if there's a negative thought going, oh, that's not going to happen. I tried that before. That's not going to happen. You know, who do you think you are that you're going to drop 20 pounds this year? Get real. You know, right. and, and it's your mother's voice. It's, your, it's that nasty school teacher or the kids in school. I got locked in a bathroom toilet, we call it in Australia. As a kid, you know, they were mean to me. So I don't know how that damaged me, you know. And so thank goodness I learned about the mind and the application of the mind to the pictures on the board. So to put it yeah. down in one thing, just ask, is this giving me life or is it making me shy away? With each picture yeah. on the board. Does that make sense? I, this, that makes perfect sense. And I love how you just explained that because, I mean, and I, I've done this myself where, you know, I have a vision of, or, or something that I want. And when I think about it, there's almost like, oh, I can't think about it for too long because something is coming up. Yes. Right. And then I some, I'll have to sit down with myself and be like, okay, what just happened there? Why did you recoil from that vision? And then I have to start unpacking. And, you know, I go to my journal to do this and I encourage everybody to go to their journal to do this, but start writing what feeling just came up and just going layer by layer by layer until I get to the point where it's like, oh, that feels way too far out of reach. Oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, you know, I had this bad experience related to that. And then all of that stuff comes to the surface. I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm aware. And I can make this choice to either maybe refine the goal to something that feels 
a little bit more attainable for me, or I can do the work then to unpack <laughs> the, uh, you know, to change whatever the feeling is behind it. But I think that's really important because, you know, so many of us will stick that picture up because this is what I'm supposed to do. And then ignore the next part of it is like, how does that really make me feel like truly make me feel inside? And same thing with time. You know, some people want the vision board to manifest instantly and other people know that things, there's a thing called gestation, but, you know, by the time you plant the seed in the ground, takes time for the roots, takes time for the shoots. In some instances and in some other instances, when people make a vision board, it happens almost instantly. And there's two reasons why that happens. One, they've been journeying and struggling and, and, and they haven't had clarity and they finally put the pictures down and boom, they've got the clarity and things magically happen. Or... What I've found is people who are trained in the mind, either long-term meditators or athletes, elite athletes, because they know how to focus, they know how to visualize, and they know how to, you know, ignore the negatives or deal with the negatives, they're the ones who manifest the vision boards fastest. And mm. the people who are a little bit slower, not a problem. And the thing is, another instruction that I'd like to share with the viewers, mm -hmm. if you're not going to study, you know, with the with you know, my five-week course or with you or any of our mentors in the personal development side of things to understand the mind and the negative stuff. If you've gone longer, let's say than about three months and you start to feel yucky about the board or it doesn't make you feel good anymore and you still want it, do something ceremoniously, take it down, bury it, hide it and say, I want this to manifest and just let it go. Okay. Mm -hmm. But don't keep working with it. If you're going to keep working with it and you find that you're spiraling down with it, get help, get support, learn about how to control how to eradicate the limiting beliefs, how to move beyond this, because yeah. it's a great opportunity. Yeah. And something I was going to share. So ask me a question because there was something else I was going to share and I just went off on that tangent. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's okay. No, I was just going to say because, you know, sometimes we can get so attached to the thing that's on our vision board that we are like so focused on it and we're literally, there's a sense of, desperation and like well, as soon as you get to the well why isn't this happening faster like you know what i mean and you're really attached to that thing that is in my experience and you can correct me if i'm wrong like the fastest way to not get <laughs> what it absolutely. is that it is it's on your board absolutely absolutely and the other thing is often it's better to keep it secret and not let too many people in on the vision because it's between you and you and you know like i was listening to um steve harvey you know he's fabulous i don't know if you know who yeah, steve yeah. Harvey. yeah fabulous and he said you know god put that vision in your brain not in other people's brains they can't see it so don't talk to them about it so you know i'm pretty passionate about this because i've been doing it for a long time and i've been supporting people in it but sometimes it's worth just keeping it private while the seeds being planted while the roots are growing and yeah. the shoots aren't showing yet and other people mean well but they don't want you to get hurt they don't want you to get disappointed so they might discourage you and they might other people might say well that's a pretty vision but why don't you do this and why don't you do that and yeah. you should have these words here no trust a vision board expert and someone who's been manifesting for years to guide you rather than just listening to anybody so one yeah. keep it private two again you've got to self-calibrate don't listen to other people because your vision is yours it, like there's a law of dharma we're here for a purpose we're here for a reason so the vision helps you get in touch with your passion your true purpose and why you're really here so that's where we get a little bit more into the metaphysical but yeah you know, we, we can take it from the absolute practical this is a goal setting tool it keeps it at the top of the mind now take massive action and make it happen or this is a manifesting tool this is part of your soul's journey your heroic soul's journey and allow it to unfold 
Yeah. Personally, I, I'm very grounded and practical, but I love the idea of purpose and that, you know, we are all called to like every dream and desire we have is for a reason. It's not random because we are the person who is capable of bringing that thing into fruition. That's why it was given to us. It wouldn't be given to us just as, as a, oh, a teaser. Here's what you can't have. That's not the way that it works. Right. And, you know, everything that I have created in my life to this point has come from having a vision of what it is without being attached to that vision. And, you know, I do it every day, even as simply as like, you know, when I go to the gym, like I am working on doing chin-ups. And before I get to the bar, I close my eyes and I stand there and I visualize how many I'm going to do that day. And it's always like one. And sometimes I'm very successful and I'm like, great. And other times I don't quite make it, but either way, I'm not attached to it. I'm like, okay, we gave it a good shot. But the repetitive visualization of it is what I found is over time, the visions get more like it's more and more likely to happen. The visions are clearer, the visions are stronger, but without that level of attachment, which is I think what happens to a lot of us when we create the vision board without the guidance of somebody like you, who is an expert in, you know, the mind manifestation, the metaphysical components that go into creating a vision board. It's not just a physical piece of paper with some lovely pictures stuck stuck on it. It's not that, it's not that simple. There's, you know, layers to this thing. But yeah, it it really, really is probably one of the most, I think, underutilized and most powerful tools there are. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. I agree with you totally. And I remember Joe Vitale, you know, when I was studying, I've studied with a lot of people and I've really learned a lot in a lot of different areas. That's why I've been able to like bring this all together in different ways and talk to you about you know, mm-hmm. the technology and the metaphysics and the mind and the, you know, like regular goal setting left brain. Joe Vitale said, I want it, but I don't need it. Because I, 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 I'm I, triggered a little bit too still to this day about, well, what do you mean I have to let go? Like, what do you mean? Not- <laughs> yeah. This is what I want. When I'm, I am attached to it. Like if I wasn't attached to it, why would I want it? So I had that brain yeah. as Becca calls it, frick, brain frick going on a lot. And my vision still came true. You know, that's where that's yeah. where I I'm the poster child of you can still have probably a lot of negative thinking and it'll still come true as long as you still look at it and love it. Yeah, so that's, that's true. But Joe Vitale said, You want it but you don't need it. So I want it, but I don't need it. So that's for me where the detachment, the the fine tuning around being not attached, letting it go. And like you just shared, still going back to the gym the next day and visualizing it and doing push-ups. And some days you you do more, some days you do less, but still you celebrate, you go, yep, I did it. You acknowledge that you were there, you did it, you got somewhere and come back the next day and do it. So there's desire and excitement of having the goal and visualizing it and then letting it go and having faith that the neurological networks happening for you and the next day you'll be inspired again and it's just like you're sharing at the gym the muscles you know we rip them down we build them and then they need time to repair and then you come back mm-hmm. and you're stronger the next day so if we can understand that with our mind muscle and our brain muscle and like you just shared one day i've done 10 push-ups you know pull-ups and the next day i only got three either way it's okay yeah yeah it's true but uh, you know i mean my goal was to do 10 and i got there. I don't do that every day, but I did get there. Right. And so, yeah, it's, I seriously, I get goosebumps. I get so excited talking about this because something that is so 
accessible and attainable for most of us to be able to, you know, create a vision. Like we have these beautiful minds and it's like we can put them to use in whatever direction we want. So we can focus on what we don't have and, you know, how bad life is and, you know, how much everything sucks. Or we can focus it on what it is that we want and, you know, create possibility for ourselves. I've heard you talk about, I think it was seven steps or five steps to achieving your dreams or making your dreams a reality. Can you share some of those? Maybe not all of them, but some of those with us, the most important ones? <laughs> Absolutely. So there's seven steps to actually creating the physical vision board, whether it's a physical cardboard piece, like in a book, vision board book, or, you know, cork boards or magnetic boards, or it's digital. Like a lot of people are, are creating digital vision boards as well. So there are seven basic steps. One, get the background that you like, <laughs> like makes mm-hmm. sense. You've got to like it, you know, yellow, blue, black, green, orange, white, doesn't matter. You've got to like it. It's got to feel good. And then collect pictures. Or first, the most important thing is to get clarity. What is it that I really want? So to get clear on what do I want, write it down. So then get an image to match that goal, even if it's a little stick figure. doesn't matter because that, as long as you like it, as long as you're happy with it, you've got to self-calibrate. Is there negative stuff? Oh, my stick figures are stupid. They're silly drawings, blah, blah, blah. That won't work. You've got to be able to look at it and love it. Get the pictures, then put them on the board. And then there's a cosmic insurance policy that I borrowed from Shakti Gawain. This or something even better is manifesting for me now, easily, happily, harmoniously, for the highest good of all in the most satisfying ways. Okay, so that's a cosmic insurance policy. Also to put, if you're a spiritual person, you believe in God, the universe, Buddha, whatever your, if you have a spiritual belief, whatever it is, put a symbol of that, knowing that the universe is on your side, your higher mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. higher people, gods, you know, like your angels and your guides and whatever else is in the unseen world, whether if you believe in it, if not, leave it alone. What else? And my subconscious mind is my partner in success. And the other thing is to not put on negative goals, like negative words. I want to lose 20 pounds. No, you put on your ideal weight, 125 or 53 kilos or whatever it is. You do not put the negative. Our conscious mind can conceptualize the abstract, but you know our subconscious mind only sees, it's very literal, it only sees what's there. So don't go broke is not going to work. I'm so happy and grateful. Oh, I'm so happy that I've got now 30,000 a month, 40,000 a month, 5,000 a month, whatever it is. Or I've hit my financial goal. I'm now financially free. So these words need to be put in the positive. Right. So there's more, there's more steps. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> so there's um, I offer a free seven step six minute video that it's really easy, quick. So people can physically, practically put one together, a really basic one. Okay, and perfect. I do have my ultimate vision board manifesting blueprint. So that's the five steps and it's over five modules of how to really gain clarity, how to learn about the power of the mind, the manifestation, how to self-calibrate, how to become and know, you know, Robert Kiyosaki always said for things to change first, I must change. You know, if I change a little bit in my thinking, a little bit in how I'm feeling and the trajectory of our life will be so different. And then the journey, there's a journey that we go on, like the gestation period. In fact, you know, what I shared with you earlier, some people have been doing this work for ages and they just needed to put the vision board together, bam, it'll happen for them. For other people, it's the beginning of a journey. So it might take a little while to manifest. They might need to learn and grow. Like you want to be, like you, the speaker, you want to be a speaker. You still had to journey a little way. You still had to learn oh, yeah. to learn how to speak. You chose to learn how to use the microphone. You chose to learn how to speak to a few people, then more people and more people. And then the last uh, module, module five, is about passion, purpose, and 
dharma, you know, like what is it you came to be on this earth for? Because your life is going to work out so much more easily if you're following your soul's purpose, Mm. what you truly want. I think Joseph Campbell says, you know, (gasps) follow your dreams and doors will open where there were just closed walls. You know, thing a thousand helping hands will help you on your journey if you're following your dreams. Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I love that. You just that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> so that that made sense. I'm, we're clear. There's a free six minute video, and also if you want to learn more, there's five modules that people can go in, learn more, and understand more about the science and the neurology behind it. So yeah, we will absolutely put all of that in the show notes uh, for people to go and access. And then I know you run like free webinars and workshops and things like that as well too. There's one coming up tomorrow, which unfortunately people listening to this podcast won't be able to access. But you know, like if you go check out Barb's stuff, you can see the next time when she is joining her email list. For example, you can find out the next time that she's doing one. What would you say? Like, what would be your piece of advice to? let's say the midlife woman who is you know at this point where she's just feeling really really stuck she knows she wants something different in her life but she has no idea like what it is or how to get there where would you counsel her to begin on this journey of creating a vision find a mentor that has already achieved what it is you want and attach yourself to that person whether it's Jennifer you or me or other people that you find that you're attracted to that you know that you say oh if only I could be like her or if only I could be like him one find a mentor otherwise just put one picture like you did up on the board of something maybe you'd like something different or 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 what was it when you were a kid when you were younger that you really wanted that you just let go of because life got in the way write it down and to slowly inch yourself towards it. You know, what would happen? Ask yourself a question. What would happen? What would my life be like if this could happen for me? If this could be possible? Because by now, we're probably so programmed to the negative, there's going to be a lot of negative chatter. So we need to be aware of that. But the first step is like you did, just have a vignette of what could be possible. Yeah. If I could pick up that dream that I had as a kid, or as a younger person, or the thing that that I just had to, you know, leave alone because I had kids, or my parents were elderly and I, I couldn't manage it all. Just ask yourself, what is that? Just yeah. to give yourself a glimmer of hope and possibility, and then you'll be amazed how that seed attracts to it yeah. coincidences, synchronicities, serendipities, just even just thoughts of inspiration of maybe it's possible. Just yeah. maybe, maybe it's possible. What yeah. if could happen? Yeah. And I always tell people to, you know, like start with what you do know, right? Like if there's one thing that you do know, like start with that thing. And you would be surprised when you start opening your mind to that direction and, and like focusing on that. Okay. I do know I want that. Like, it's amazing to watch it blossom. Like you just said, right? Like to watch it then. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then there's this and this, and all of a sudden the picture gets clear because that was me. I mean, at the beginning of my reinvention journey, I had no idea. Like if I wasn't a corporate executive, no idea what was possible for me or even what I wanted. And I literally started with the tiniest little things like today, I really want to go into the forest and I would go into the forest and find the perfect tree. And, you know, then it would be like, I want to be passionate and excited about what I do. And then I would love to be able to speak. And then it just was like this kind of snowball effect, right? Until the vision got clearer and clearer and clearer. And I think that's the other part is, you know, we might try a visualization practice, for example, 
and be like, oh, well, nothing's coming to me. This doesn't work. And again, like we talked about, it's a muscle that like the more we practice, the clearer the vision, you know, like more elements to the vision come in, right? And the clearer the picture becomes. And so having some, I think, grace and compassion with ourselves while we relearn how to visualize (laughs) and how to dream, I think is so critically important. I love that, that you shared how to have grace and passion with ourselves. Because that's there's so many angles we can come up with this. The thing is, ask if maybe it could be possible and have grace and passion with ourselves. And I've actually got another program. It's called the 30 Day Money Mindset Accelerator. Mm -hmm. And one of the exercises is really pat myself on the back. Like what? Just write down every day three things. If you again, Jennifer, like you, I so admire you and the way you started because everything in your life had fallen apart, and yet you had a glimmer of hope. And you started with the tiniest thing, what would make me happy today? What would and a walk in the woods? And that started to attract more and more joy and happiness mm-hmm. to you. So another way of doing that is to okay, what have I done in my life that I was a success at? And just write down three things. It's like having a gratitude journal, but it's more of a success journal. It's like success breeds success. So if you remind your subconscious mind that you've actually done something and achieved it in life, even if it's I got out of bed and brushed my teeth this morning. I got out of bed, I made myself a cup of tea. Something that you did, that you intended to do, that you actually achieved. And you just write that down. Eventually, the neurons, the molecules will build. And it's just something you do, a little bit of a daily practice, just like going to the gym and doing a few you know, pull-ups, just starting to an acknowledgement list. A success breeds success. Success leaves clues. So if we start to reconvince ourselves or convince ourselves for the first time that we're capable of doing something, we have had success in life before, and we start to have that self-love and give ourselves the grace and the space to actually mm. acknowledge that we have achieved, it'll start to attract more and more to it. Yeah. And I really want to acknowledge that because this is actually something that I have started doing because I am really, really bad at celebrating achievements. I'm just like, okay, check the box, moving on, right? <laughs> okay. No, no. Let me rephrase that. Cancel, cancel, cancel. I am learning to celebrate my achievements. So what I've started to do at the end of every day is to write down like all of the things that I accomplished in that day and to like really to kind of begin to celebrate them. And you know what I found the difference is I wake up in the morning now excited for what on my to-do list because I'm like, I know I'm going to have a sense of accomplishment at the end of it. And I've been doing this for a very short space of time now. (laughs) It makes a huge difference. It makes a massive difference, right? Yeah. And it inspires me to take more action. Again, it's this big snowball effect, right? But when I was in the place of like, okay, well, I just did the thing. Now I got to do the next thing, (laughs) right? As opposed to look at me, look what I accomplished today. How badass am I? Right? I love it. it. And you have achieved so much. You've completely reinvented yourself in a very short time. Really, like when you shared with me your story, like the speed at which you actually created everything and recreated and where you are today, that's a very short time. And so it's really impressive the way you've done stuff and just sharing with us today, I appreciate that so much, that the small baby steps you've started and the grace and the self-care and being able to allow yourself that grace and space. It's wonderful. Yeah. So it's a little tiny bit and your internal GPS will start to attract more and more to it. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that you shared that because it's important. Like no matter where you start, start somewhere that's easy, you know, the, like the path of least resistance, Yeah. whether it's, you know, doing what you did, a little tiny celebration or the patting on the back or, you know, just having one picture on the mirror, just start something that's the path of least resistance. 
and it'll start to attract more and more to it. Yeah, it's really so important. So for anybody listening who hasn't heard my story, and I think most of my listeners have, but you know, at the age of 50, finding myself divorced, unemployed, empty nested, and bedridden with a stress-related illness, I basically made a decision that I was going to recreate my life on my terms. And I created a podcast. I did a podcast on all the gory details of the lessons learned. So I'll link that in the show notes. But that if in case you're curious, that's one that you can go back to. Anyway, Barbara, thank you. Thank you for this conversation. This has been so good. You've given me goosebumps like several times during our conversation. And that means it's a really, really good. uh, There's some really good nuggets in here. For everybody who's listening, I'm going to put all of the links to Barbara's courses and workshops and things like that. Because again, if you are in this position where you are feeling stuck, you know, you want something else, you really don't you're struggling to create a vision for your life, I 100% urge you to go check out Barbara. She is a wealth of knowledge on so many things, mind, subconscious. I mean, we could have gone a whole lot deeper on the power of the mind and the subconscious. It's an endlessly fascinating topic to me, but I'll put all of the stuff in the show notes. Please go check this out because I think this is probably one of the more powerful steps that you know you can take to start figuring out that where you want to go for your next chapter. So Barbara, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and experience and everybody go check out Barbara Pellegrino. I'll put everything in the show notes and yeah, again, thanks for joining us. Jennifer, thank you so much. I feel so honored and I'm so grateful that you've given me this opportunity to share with you, to acknowledge you, to celebrate you, and also to give your listeners some hopefully glimmer of hope that maybe they hadn't thought of earlier or they hadn't felt before. So I'm hoping that because the reason I do this, because I know there's people teaching all sorts of stuff out there. And my very first mentor, and when I decided that I would start to really share this with the world, when I said, look, there's so many other people teaching vision boards and teaching law of attraction, you know, the secret came out. Why me? And she goes, because Barbara, there might be one person out there who won't hear it unless it comes out of your mouth. And hopefully many tens of thousands. But same with you, Jennifer. You know, like you've got such a story that the Tony Robbins and the, all the other like fantastically successful people who've been doing so much for the world, but maybe that person can only hear it from you. Yeah. That's why yeah. I still go on with it. I still push and I still, you know, get up every morning and go, okay, you know, someone wants to hear it from me today. And that's why yeah. I'm here to do it. And I really yeah. appreciate the time and the effort and your questions today because we went a lot deeper than I expected. So. <laughs> I follow my curiosity on these things and sometimes I go down rabbit holes. So for everybody listening, thank you for bearing with me. And I hope uh, you guys got something from following my curiosities. And to everybody listening, if you love what you heard today, I would be so honored if you would give us a rating or a review for this show. And or even more importantly, pass this on to a friend or a relative or somebody that you think might benefit from it. That is for me, the ultimate compliment is when somebody shares my work. So thank you, Barbara. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.